Studio 6B on a January 2nd, 2024, 8 p.m. on the East Coast. Happy New Year, everybody. Welcome on into the show. New Year is here. We'll talk about that and what 2024 means. But let's say hi to the boys tonight. Rick Emirati, Slick Rick. It's got sports. David Sears got some news. Rick Delgado's got some news as well. Happy New Year, boys. Slick Rick. Happy New Year, my friend. How are you? Good big day. Happy New Year to you too. How was your uh, How was your uh, New Year's weekend? Uh, it was incredible. Beautiful uh, New Year's Eve party. Got to throw my sister out at 4 a.m. It was like, all right, it's time now. So it was a good time though. Real good weekend. <laughs> Ringing in the New Year, Big D. Uh, ringing in the new year. 2024 is here. Lots to talk about, lots to do. Good to hear. David Zier, how are you and how was your new year? Uh, it was great. It was great. I, I saw a Bee Gees and a Donna Summer and Earth, Wind and Fire tribute band. Oh, bands. Um, it was, was Slick on stage? Oh, was that the Paramount? Yeah, Slick Rick was on stage. Yeah. Was that yeah. the Paramount? It was at the Paramount. Hey, you yeah, know, good it, place. It's unbelievable. You I'm could close your eyes. Week. You thought you were back in 1977. Yeah, yeah. It was, uh, but really talented people. So. Yeah, but I heard the Donna Summer uh, lady was uh, was not exactly Donna Summerish. She was white. Wow, that's racist. And you couldn't tell the difference if you close your eyes. It was it was pretty extraordinary. Pretty extraordinary. Nice. The New York Bee Gees. And this other group called Shining Star that does <laughs> Earth, Wind, Beaches. and Fire with this big brass section. I mean, it was absolutely extraordinary, I got to say. And oh, I didn't yeah. think I was going to like it. So that was a wow. surprise. Good That's way awesome. to start off the new year. All right. Very good. Uh, Mr. Delgado, Happy New Year. How was your New Year's? Happy New Year, Damon. My, my New Year's was great. I didn't get to see the New York Bee Gees or Little Kiss <laughs> or anybody like that. Uh, I just went to a friend's house. We uh, had some nice uh, adult uh, domestic uh, drinks. Yeah. Okay. And, uh, you know, rang in the new year. And, uh, of course. You were drunk, in other words. No, no, actually, no. I actually didn't. Oh, okay. Um, I, enjoy, I enjoy on uh, on New Year's Eve a, a nice Belgian stout. It's called Chimay, uh, if you may. Oh. Um, all, yeah. all I heard was domestic and adult. He couldn't get the other part out. I was wondering <laughs> what kind of night you had. <laughs> I knew a girl named Chimay once. Oh, yeah? Oh, yeah. And Shanene. <laughs> Did she sing oh, yeah. Donna Summer? <laughs> no. It was a it was a nice it was a nice way to ring in the new year with friends and uh, you know stuff like that and great. Food. All right, very good. Um, well, I've got my yearly first of the year uh, cold finally. I just I don't know what it is. I got COVID on January first uh, or second three years ago. I don't know, something about the turn of the calendar, just uh, it's fine when I finally get sick, and here I am. And I'm not too bad, but they're just well, that sneezing happened. and coughing that all day long. when you turn 50. Oh, yeah. <laughs> what uh, else? That's in the rearview mirror now, pal. So, uh, well, 51's here. So, anyways, um, well, Happy New Year to everybody. Happy New Year to everybody in the audience. Uh, hope you had a happy and, of course, a healthy New Year. Happy, healthy uh, 2024. And listen, here we are. 2024 is here. And I don't know about you guys, but I feel like the weight of 2024, I mean, we've been talking about it, obviously, for a while. We've been, you know, went through the whole year and feel like 2023, we kind of had, we all were, we're all kind of holding futures tickets if we're going to empower a gambling theme here. Uh, like we're all holding futures tickets on 2024 and now 2024 is here and it's time to see which tickets are going to cash. And uh, we're going to roll, you know, I feel, feel like the dominoes have been all set up and now it's all the dominoes are going to fall. And here we are into 2024 and the weight of what this year is going to mean 
on many levels um, seems to have really come into focus, at least for me, the last two days, because obviously it's, um, you know, it's difficult for any America uh, American who loves the country to kind of watch its political, economic and military leaders destroy it, which is what we saw in 2023. And, um, and here we are in 2024 us debt passes $34 trillion. I noticed over the weekend for the first time in history, the debts up a hundred percent since 2014, you know, since the debt ceiling crisis in, in, uh, in 2023, back in June, which seems like a lifetime ago, uh, the debts up nearly $3 trillion just since then. So, you know, you think about everything that's going on and everything that's on the line and everything that's coming in this year and the Biden administration um, and the lawfare and the and the everything we've seen from the Department of Injustice and the FBI is going to continue. It's going to get ramped up. The border invasion is just getting ramped up by the day. The crime's getting worse. The green energy destruction and quality of our life continues. Inflation, debt, as we just talked about, debt, $34 trillion. The spending never ending, the funding of Hamas and the Biden administration, what's going on in Israel? How does that spill over? The crime wave that's growing in all of these blue cities. We have so many issues that we are confronted with and I think we've got to lay down some, some serious markers going into 2024. And I think the first one we have to lay down is that this year is not about November you know, 5th. It's about right now. It's about right now. We, we, I mean, we can't. Yes, we're going to wait till November 5th or whatever the date is there to vote in 11 months. But, I mean, the time is now. The time is now specifically for Republicans as well. If we're going to deal with the border, are we going to have some clear messaging that we've talked about on this show for seemingly years? Republicans hold Congress, although their margin gets slimmer and slimmer by the day, seemingly. Bill Johnson, I believe his name is, now that puts in his letter of uh, resignation today for on the January 21st, which brings, I think, their, their margin down to one, one or two, I believe it is. We've got budget deadlines this month, I believe the 19th of January, February 2nd. And are the Republicans going to start 2024 with a set of you-know-whats and finally say, we need to have a shutdown fight over the budget on January 19th and over the border. No funding, zero funding for this government until we deal with what is going on at the border. Are they ready to have that fight to start the year? Is the conservative movement ready to have this fight? Is every person who has a microphone in front of them on any part of any day ready to talk about these things? Those are some of the questions we have as we go into as we go into this year, a year that will be in somewhat the craziest year, most important year. Um, however you want to describe it, Delgado, what are your thoughts as we go into the new year? Well, I was really feeling kind of positive until uh, you started talking. Uh, <laughs> as usual. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I was I was like kind of looking like, you know, because to me, um, I looked at 2023 is like, oh, my goodness, I'm so glad 2023 is over. I mean, yeah. uh, I, I feel like there's just so much. So there was so much <laughs> negative crap. Hopefully now we can turn the corner and start looking forward to, you know, good stuff happening. 
And then you kind of reminded me that, hey, that party ain't going to start just yet. Um, you know, and unfortunately, you're right. Uh, there, there are too many issues out there that we have to deal with um, in terms of, you know, I don't know if it's the messaging from the, the, the GOP that I'm really concerned about. I'm more concerned with action. What is actually going to ha- what are you actually going to be able to get done? Because, yeah. you know, a lot of times we sit there and we root these people on, but then they let us down. They don't. They, 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 they all of a sudden they strike out. You know, with with the bases loaded. It's like, what are you striking out with the bases loaded for? You're, you're a great hitter. Or, or you know, the buzzer's coming down, final second shot, and and you clank it, you brick it. Um, or, or even worse, I'll make a reference to this weekend. Uh, all you got to do is is hit an open Saquon Barkley with a little shovel pass, uh, and you win the game. <laughs> Uh, uh, none of that happened. It's like we're, it's like Charlie Brown's football just keeps getting ripped out from under us every time we're expecting. Okay, this is what we've been waiting for. That next step, and then whoop! I don't think so. Um, you know, it's just it's infuriating. But I'm not expecting much from Republicans. I'm expecting more from conservatives. Damon, if that well, makes but- sense. But messaging and action are are really going to – yeah, I hear exactly what you're saying. Messaging and action are going to be really tied together, especially when we talk about January 19th. I I don't think you can overstate how important the January 19th budget fight is going to be. Do the conservatives and the Republicans have clear messaging on what they are going to stand behind? What are they going to put up? They are going to say, listen – the Senate and the White House needs us to to basically let government continue to function. We are not willing to let that happen unless we are defunding catch and release and we are empowering states to not only turn people back, but deport people that are here. If Republicans are not ready to get on that wagon as we start 2024 and have that fight, there, there is no action to be had. Yeah. And I think it's because we, uh, you know, the the elected uh, lacks a true leader. I mean, a true leader who will just, you know, say, this is it. This is what we're going to do. Get in line. Um, they don't have that. You know, you talk about Pelosi. Yeah, she's she's a she's a disgusting, uh, uh, you know, uh, mess. But that was one thing she could do was keep everybody in line. You, you know, uh, I don't know. May, maybe this guy deciding to, uh, you know, he's, he's going to leave the house at the end of January. Uh, maybe his name was attached to a certain list. I don't know. Maybe he sees something coming down the pike that he's going to get in trouble for. I don't know. Um, but, you know, when it comes right down to it, we got, we got to hold these people to account, and it's got to be by what they actually can get done. So, yeah, like you said, with the budget fight, I mean, yeah, be willing, be willing to make the hard call. I think that's, that's the problem with most politicians is they don't want their ass on the line for anything. Oh, I didn't, I didn't do that. I was trying to get this done for you, uh, shaking hands and shaking babies, whatever they do. Um, they don't want to be called on the carpet for what they actually stood for. It's like it's like they can go back to their con- the constituents and say, look, this is what I said I was running on. Here's what I did. This is what you guys voted me in for. They, I feel like even if they have that in their back pocket, they won't do it because they're afraid. Because it all uh, headline and all this. Oh, I, I can't do that. Well, I wouldn't expect any deportations to occur. Um well, why United not? Why, why can't reds? Why can't red state governors and red state legislatures be doing it? Why not? 
I wish they would, but they're not going to. And Abbott's the closest thing you got to fighting back on the border, and it's still nowhere near enough. Um, But yeah, so, but I can uh, sum up 2023 for you in a nutshell with cut number four. Wow. That was apparently in Las Vegas. But uh, man, what uh, Minnie, Minnie looks weathered, doesn't Minnie she? Look, yeah. Minnie's smoking. She's <laughs> <talking about>. <laughs> <laughs> she looks smoking. Oh, that was Vegas, not the, not 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 going no. right down the middle of Main Street, USA. There, huh? I don't think even Disney World would let Minnie Mouse smoke on Main Street. <laughs> oh, man, that was a nice dress. Though. Well, yes, that <laughs> was. But 2024 um, Slick is... Rick, any thoughts about going into 2024? Well, Genghis Khan says they got Slick Rick calendars on their walls. What could be so bad about <laughs> 2024? He said that right in the chat. That's all you no. need. My thoughts are uh, I'm looking forward to November, Big D. I'm, that's, I think things will get straightened out a little bit more than I hope. I pray. 2024. All right, live from Studio 6B, just getting started on a new year. Tuesday, January 2nd. We're back right after this. Studio 6B on a Tuesday night. Busy week here on the show. We're going to be covering all kinds of events going on in Iowa. We'll be covering MTG. She's going to be speaking one of these nights. Eric Trump will be speaking one of these nights. Friday night, David Zier, I believe you'll be in Iowa. Uh, We'll be covering Kaylin Dorn. will also be out there from Real America's Voice. We'll be covering that event Friday night live on the show. So a busy week. There you go, right here on the show out in Iowa as we get closer to the caucus. I guess, what is it, two weeks from yesterday? Uh, yeah. So it's 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 here, man. Well, this is what I'm saying. We are, we are now um, we are in full 2024 mode. Joe Biden was on with Ryan Seacrest to close out 2023, and you would think after preparing to be on the New Year's Eve show, he would have been all ready for, well, not exactly hard-hitting questions from Seacrest, who, I mean, you know, I mean, it's not, not like he's a, uh, auditioning to be on 60 Minutes, cut one, Aaron. Biden still had some issues with it. Roll that. As you look back and reflect on 2023, what sort of of memories, highlights stand out for you? Well, one of the big highlights stands out for me is my dad used to have an expression. He'd oh, say, go. Joey, your job's about a lot more than the paycheck. <laughs> it's about your dignity. It's about respect. So many people through the Midwest and the, and the center What's of the country, their, their factories are shipped overseas the last couple of times out. And, and they were losing hope and faith. So we brought a lot of jobs back to the United States. People are in a position to be able to make a living now. And uh, they've created a lot of jobs, over 14 million. And uh, I guess when I'm, I, I just feel good that the American people got up. They've been through a rough time with pandemic, but now we're coming back. They're back. 
like that. <laughs> and my wife is back too. She's wearing a doily that she found <laughs> on the uh, <laughs> on the look resolute at, desk. Look at a fruitcake box wrapping she wrapped on as a dress. Oh my goodness, it's a disaster. <laughs> he he is like he's like he's like your great uncle who came to your New Year's Eve party who got who got lost in the in the eggnog and then came over to you and decided that he wanted to talk to you about. 2023 it's like you just want to just say oh okay pops it's time to go back to the home what the hell is he talking about delusion what in the hell is he talking about like stay out of the spiked eggnog please i don't even please. think it was Begging spiked me. i just think I, I just think at this point they're just wheeling him out just here here's a talking point say that we we know you we know you, you know how to say this one they don't want to give any new words any new information just give him the old stuff stay with this because you know it already he got asked later in the night what his goals were for 2024. He said to be back next year. And I thought, does that, does that mean like make it through the night? Like stay alive over New Year? I didn't know. I didn't know. It's just oh, unbelievable. Man. So, all right, let's do some sports. Get caught up on what happened with the odds makers. I wasn't on with you guys last show of the year, but uh, my son had a basketball game. But uh, Slick Rick can catch us up. Of course, sports is brought to you by Mike Lindell and my pillow. Use our code LFS6B if you're going to shop at My Pillow. Shirt of the month will be announced tomorrow night. It's going to be our first Trump 2024 shirt. I think it's going to be the new one that just hit the website yesterday, I believe. But we'll announce that tomorrow. Shirt of the month for everybody who uses My Pillow and sends us a receipt in January. Slick Rick, what's going on? All right, Big D. Well, let's get right into the odds makers. I got a full recap. We uh, we bet on nine games. Aaron reminded me we also had a Thursday night game that we had bet on during the show. That was the Cleveland Brown Jet game there. We both took Cleveland, and they wiped the Jets right off the board. Obviously, Cleveland Browns have got some big aspirations this year in the playoffs, so good to see them moving on. So that was the scoop on that game. But let's get to the bowl games this weekend. I don't know what happened to Florida football this weekend. They folded like a Ron DeSantis campaign headquarters. I mean, it was unbelievable. <laughs> Every single team. Florida State, they lost They, they, they lost to Georgia. 63-3, to the dogs came out. So, hey, shout-out to college football players. Players selection, Big D. Could you imagine if Florida State was in the games yesterday, the championship games? Would it, would not have been the great games that we had yesterday. That was, One game was in overtime, the other game was decided by six on a last-minute uh, touchdown attempt. So, great, great job by them. You said it, Big D. If they put Florida State in one of those games, would have been a complete blowout. Georgia took care of business, the Bulldogs, who are still probably a little salty over not being in the playoffs this year. But, you know, hey, Alabama beat them fair and square. So 63-3 to was the score in that one. Uh, Oregon, well, what can I tell you? Bo Nix, unbelievable. The senior, once again, 363 yards, five touchdowns, leading the Ducks to a 45-6 to win. I think Bo Nix is going to be the next Golden Bachelor for season two, but as he finishes up his career. <laughs> what is he, a 50-year senior? But uh, fantastic job. Liberty Bibbity, they didn't even show up for the game, so so that was that. Notre Dame, the Fighting Irish, also in a blowout over Oregon State. 40-8. to eight. I expected a more competitive game, but we were on Notre Dame, Aaron and I, and uh, Steve Angeli, the quarterback for Notre Dame, 232 yards, three touchdowns, and there's the win for Notre Dame. Michigan, that was a good game over Alabama. Close one in overtime. Thrilling finish. 27-20. Michigan quarterback J.J. McCarthy, 221 yards, three touchdowns. And Harbaugh, man, he's coming back, Big D. They are the number one team. And who are they going to play? They're going to play the Huskies. Washington in another thriller. Last night, the Sugar Bowl from New Orleans. Uh, Washington laying four. Won that game by six. Just covering on the win. Holding on for the end. Great play by that cornerback to swipe that ball on that corner. 
I thought uh, it was, was going to get him on that catch, but uh, that was an absolutely fantastic finish. Finish. What could you say about quarterback Michael Penix Jr.? 430 yards, two touchdowns. Kid looks great. Right now, the early line, Big D, Michigan favored by four and a half. That'll be next Monday night. We'll hopefully be on. We'll have that game on, on as well. I'll be tracking that. But uh, 14-0 versus 14-0. Number one versus number two. Don't get any better than that, Big D. You got navy and gold and purple and gold. So, I don't know. I, 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 I'm leaning towards Washington. I, I like those Huskies. But, boy, Michigan has just been so strong. I feel like they might just run it all. So, I'm, I'm still up in the air on my pick on that, Big D. But we'll see. Skipping over to the NFL. Oh, good weekend. How about the Ravens? How good did the Baltimore Ravens look? All of a sudden, they're the best team in the game right now. Oh, they beat the Dolphins. Another Florida blowout. 56-19. Two or too many picks. Tugavaloa had a rough day, and he had three sacks to boot. And what absolutely, like I said, great game there with Lamar Jackson. 321 yards, five touchdowns, and another 35 yards rushing. He's definitely, uh, right now, the odds-on favor for the MVP. Tampa over the... Uh, Tampa actually... Be- beaten by the Saints. They completed the uh, Florida trifecta of the weekend there with a 23-13 loss. Tampa had the division right in their fingertips and, uh, well, the Saints went down there and, uh, Derek, you could drive my car. Had a fantastic game with uh, well, you have two TDs and 197 yards in that one. Eagles got upset by Arizona. What do you know? They got served up a Philly special all right. 35-31. Kyler Murray, three touchdowns, big D. Running back James Conner, 128 yards and one touchdown on the ground. Opened the way for the Dallas Cowboys to possibly clinch the number two seed in the NFC. And here we go, Dallas Cowboys. What a game that was. I tell you, I thought that Paula Abdul lawsuit was going to be the biggest thing, but the bigger illegal touching story was the Dallas and Detroit game there right at the end uh, with, the, with the, the who reported, who didn't report. 58, oh, well, Detroit just got 70. Detroit got totally screwed. Oh, man, yeah, well, they terrible. got screwed, but you know, they were, he was trying to get cute, good old Dan Campbell, too. They Listen, they were getting cute. Playing around with the two guys there, they, they didn't report. I'm telling you, there's more to that story. BCI, listen, Dal- if you. Dallas would have known that guy was reporting Big D, they would have covered him. Obviously, they wouldn't have left him alone. 58. The guy. The oh, wait, the play going. worked perfectly. The play worked perfectly. The yeah. guy reported. Your team should have lost. Nope. And uh, that's all there is to it. Uh, we won. How about Dak Prescott? Another big night. Uh, he had a 92-yard touchdown pass, second longest in Cowboy history to CeeDee Lamb. CeeDee Lamb played so well, 227 yards and a touchdown, they ordered the drug test right after the game for him, believe it or not. That's how well he played. So, And that's the recap on the weekend. Big D, give you the numbers real quick before we go off the air. Uh, we did they were... have the inside? Did that Dallas have the inside scoop to pass the drug test like they obviously bought off the refs to win the game? No, nah, Big D, they've been, they've been, they got shafted a few times. <laughs> times this year on some calls so it was okay how about that illegal tripping call that was called on dallas when it was the other player on the other team wouldn't have even had that scenario i didn't so, see that one yeah well go yeah, check it check, it check the youtube anyway that big d <laughs> 81 and 69 on the year slick rick and Aaron is 65 and 78 after the weekend's oh. game so respectable not bad i'm 11 over 500 and Aaron's 14 under 500 so big weekend coming up though Football getting down to the wire. It's the final week of the year, Big D. Week 18 coming up. And we got the bowl games, of course. The big game, Monday night. All right, very good. It's slick. Very respectable on both your parts. We'll do more sports news coming up with Delgado and Zia when we get back live from Studio 6B right after this.
All right, 30 minutes past the hour, live from Studio 6B on a Tuesday, January 2nd, 2024. Happy New Year, everybody. Glad you're in 8 to 10, Monday through Friday, right here on Real America's Voice. Slick Rick's doing sports. David Zier's going to do some news coming up. But right now, let's start the news with the one and only Mr. Rick Delgado. The news is brought to you by our friends over at 7 Cells, 7Cells.com. 20% off if you use code LFS6B at checkout. Mr. Delgado, this is a day you've waited for for a long time. I'm sure it's part of your news if you weren't <laughs> sitting around all day just waiting for it to drop. But what, what's going on in the news? Yeah, well, you know what? I, I was I was debating whether I was going to start with this, but I'm gonna I'm not going to start with this actually. Believe it or not, Ooh. I'm going to start with something else that that that's been brewing. Uh, well, basically for the past month or so, the headline coming out of uh, the Boston area: uh, "Don't say gay." Yes. Don't say gay. According to this, NBC News, Claudine Gay, Harvard University's professor and uh, president, has resigned. Oh, yes. oh, yes. Yes. So talking about talking about don't say gay. Um, uh, she has uh, resigned her her uh, position at Harvard University. Of course, Jewish group students celebrate Claudine Gay's resignation as Harvard president and stated that it should have happened sooner. Uh, she played, of course, the race card. She tried to. It didn't work out. And, of course, the board moved to uh, make sure that she had to go. Also, she was uh, getting some uh, some help from uh, another gentleman, uh, a gentleman we may remember as a former president who tried to help her out to keep her there. He won't be taking this job because, of course, you don't say gay. Uh, he just writes about it in letters. Former President Barack Obama actually lobbied Harvard to keep the university professor, or, or president, I should say, Claudine Gay, in her role despite her controversial testimony to Congress. Gay, along well, with sure. other... Excuse me? I mean, he likes serial... Um, plagiarist, so why wouldn't he? I mean, he had one for a vice president, and now he goes to bat for this one. So, yeah. I mean, it makes makes sense. So so he came to bat for her. It all went for nothing, as she won't be leading the Crimson any longer. But don't worry, Damon, because the outgoing president won't have a problem with the green. According to this, President, uh, former President Claudine Gay will still likely earn her $900,000 a year salary despite being forced to resign her position as the school's top administrator. Political science professor Gay stepped down amid the uh, allegations, of course, will now return to a position on the Cambridge uh, school's faculty. So this is the same thing that happened in Pennsylvania with that knucklehead out there. She gave up her president, uh, you know, her, her job as pre university president, but still stays on staff as a professor so they still collect their cash prior to being named the what's president, interesting is yeah what's interesting is that liz mcgill who was the president of i believe what was it penn, penn, U penn? Yeah. yep she um she she um she resigned too and i don't remember seeing tweets from like mark lamont hill saying the next president of penn must be a white woman but i did see today that he tweeted the next president of harvard must be a black woman black female and i'm thinking well you just had the first black female president who had the shortest tenure of anyone because he was a serial plagiarist. <laughs> you have the first black Supreme Court justice who can't define what a woman is. You have the, you had, um, let's see, you have the a, a black uh, press secretary who can barely put sentences together. You have the first black female vice president who can barely speak in complete sentences as well. I mean, it's kind of like, Going with uh, just checking the box of what they fit on diversity, equity, and inclusion really 
doesn't always lead to the best people. So maybe we just put a halt on what color skin they are and let's look for actually the best person. But I don't know. Maybe that's just a wacky idea. Yeah. Well, you know, in terms of uh, her, like you mentioned, she was only president for six months. And, uh, you know, she earned uh, like her, her nearly $900,000 degree salary. Her new position not being specified, but she's expected to re- receive her salary comparable to what she received previously, if not higher. So Mrs. Urkel is now uh, out of the president's position over at Harvard, and they'll start looking for the next Kamala to take her place, I guess. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> because and, and I mean again let's let's just remember a serial plagiarist is still in the White House and we can't get rid of him so I mean her fighting for her spot you know you can kind of kind of see if you compare yourself to him I mean if he can do it why can't I yeah exactly uh, and I I was looking for the tweet I couldn't find it in time because I just remembered he said it but Vivek Ramaswamy made the point of saying you know this is what happens when you have these uh, DEI hires uh, kind of reflects what we see coming out of the vice president and the president of Harvard they're chosen for their sex and their color and, and not much more besides yeah, and the press secretary and yeah. the Supreme Court justice and I'm sure there's others I'm missing that you could think of that were all <clears> chosen for just that reason alone, who really haven't turned out to be, well, the brightest bulbs in the bunch. No, definitely not. Uh, I don't know if you saw this story this morning breaking out of Japan. Uh, horrific scenes as the Japan Airlines burst into flames after colliding uh, at Tokyo's Haneda Airport, leaving five dead. NHK reported that all 379 passengers and crew escaped the plane, the, the, uh, the, uh, the large the airliner, um, but it collided with a Coast Guard aircraft. I guess it happened right on the runway. On the runway. And burst into flames, local media reported there. Live footage of the public broadcaster NHK showed the Japan Airlines uh, plane, the JAL-516, on the runway of of Tokyo's Haneda Airport with flames coming out of its windows. Here's a clip cut number two, Aaron. It's from inside the plane. Yeah. So this is the plane. I guess they were... Just after, I guess, maybe they hit them or something? Yep. And then, of course, they evacuated everybody from the large uh, JAL-516. But as you can see, uh, the Coast Guard people, all five, uh, perished. The Coast Guard aircraft pilot did manage to escape, but the five crew members that were on board were killed, NHK reported. An official confirmed that a Bombardier Dash 8 Coast Guard plane was involved in the collision, and a Japan Airlines spokesperson said that more than 300 passengers on board the aircraft initially caught fire. They reported all 379 had escaped with the crew as well. And, uh, you know, it's just a horrific scene in the dark there in Japan. So crazy stuff. Yeah, that A350 uh, is an enormous plane. It seats up to 400 people. Yeah. Mm. Big plane. And, yeah. and, you know, let's face it, the uh, the people in the uh, Coast Guard plane didn't have a chance. Uh, last story I got for you before we, uh, before we uh, you know, change things up here. True the Vote wins an intimidation case over Georgia voter challenges in the state of Georgia. Now, a lot of stuff has been coming out about uh, 
the vote in Georgia. Well, this just broke a little while ago. A federal judge ruled Tuesday in favor of the conservative group True the Vote, deciding that mass challenges of Georgia voters' eligibility did not amount to illegal voter intimidation. U.S. District Court Judge Steve Jones wrote in a 145-page order that there was insufficient evidence that True the Vote tried to threaten or coerce voters. Jones' ruling is a defeat for fair fight action, a voting rights group founded by, you guessed it, uh, World President Stacey Adams, who was the lead plaintiff in the case, Fair Fight alleged that True the Vote and its allies violated the Voting Rights Act when they challenged the eligibility of 250,000 Georgia voters before runoffs that decided control of the U.S. Senate early in 2021. County Election Board rejected the vast majority of the voter challenges. Not only have the plaintiffs failed to overcome the fact that their actions did not result in any direct voter contact or alone include or direct county boards of elections to pursue an eligibility inquiry, but there's no evidence, according to the judge, that the defendant's actions caused any voter to be intimidated, coerced, or threatened in the voting process, Jones wrote. The founder of True the Vote, Catherine Engelbrecht, called the ruling a resounding vindication in an email to supporters. So as you can see, things are, st- things are still going, you know, this, this whole Georgia thing continues to unfold because you got Brad Raffensperger has been recently uh, called out. And I guess he was found to have, uh, could have, could have lied um, regarding uh, some of the things going on in Georgia regarding the um, what's it called? The audit that was supposed to happen. So we're going to see more from this coming out. You know, True the Vote is behind 2,000 mules. So um, with Greg Phillips and uh, their extraordinary group. Yeah. And that alone proves fraud, that movie, and their their efforts. Yeah. So it's it's, uh, just watch for more stuff coming out of Georgia as uh, this story continues to unfold. Again, Raffensperger, again, making headlines, being that he's been uh, exposed. And and I don't know if you remember about a couple weeks ago, he refused to testify in the case. So we'll see more of this as an, I really hope they get this up straight now. It's only been four years and three years now, you know, I mean, just figure out your, it it shouldn't be this hard to figure out who should be voting and who shouldn't. (laughs) Anyhow. Yeah. Well, we talk about it all the time. Votes that would not have been counted even four months earlier than election day in 2020 were counted on that November 3rd date with what happened with all of these um, secretaries of states and state legislatures with the power taken away from them with all Mark Elias and his crew going into all these states. So, uh, yeah. All right. Very good. Hey, by the way, uh, on your Claudine Gay thing, um, did you see that, that Harvard already has a new, speaking of Georgia too, did you see that Harvard already has a new president? No. Did you see this? I, yeah, I swear. Look at this. <laughs> oh, I swear to God, it. unbelievable. Wow, I didn't even know she was running. Yeah. Yep. No, she's already uh, won I don't it. Think she and, no. <laughs> and um, Claudine Gay already has a, a new job, by the way. Yep. There you go. <laughs> there you go. So, wow. All right, very good. We'll do some more news with Rick Delgado <laughs> here in a little bit. Let's do some news with David Zier, the host of Breaking Point, Saturday mornings, 8 a.m., right here on Real America's Voice. Mm. Mrs. Zier, what's going on? Uh, well, I got more for you on the other side of the break, um, but I don't know if you caught, uh, you know, I, I have some longer clips here. Uh, I don't know if we have enough time here, but uh, the libs are out of control at McDonald's, if you can play cut four. Uh, no, it's not so cut I was four. starving, yeah. so I have to get one quick sandwich from here. 
and I thought they gave me the wrong sandwich, but conveniently, McDonald's changed their packaging. Wow. What does that resemble? Yeah, so what is this? This one? Yeah, what is this new packaging? It's the uh, McChicken wrapper. But why is it blue and white? I don't see that or not. I think you do know. This is in support of Israel. They changed it. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it was like that actually since a few months ago because we ran out of the regular ones. No, I don't think so. This is obviously in support of Israel. No, I mean, we actually had that for a while, though. I was here two weeks ago, and it wasn't like this. I mean, we have had stuff. We also I know, have the red one. I know this is not your fault because you're an employee, yeah. but I think this is disgusting for them to do this. And I know you in your heart, wow. you know in your heart that this is <laughs> clearly what this wrapper is for. No, I mean, I've been oh. Uh, Why is it I can never be there when something like this happens? Oh, that'd be an unhappy meal. (laughs) And what they're showing to people, and I think it's disgusting. Wow. Yeah. Why? They're, why does that never happen? Well, I'm never I at McDonald's, know. but no. believe it or not. But why is it? <laughs> yeah, we that don't. can He's never happen. <laughs> 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 why is it that can never happen at Wendy's? <laughs> Complaining Five about guys, your piggy bank. eat some more. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So we ain't seen that never nothing happens. Yet. We ain't seen nothing yet for 2024. So if anyone thinks this is going to be a calm, that's insane year. Uh, that's what's going on, but I have more for you on the other side, Damon. <laughs> she's, she's not wrapped too tight. <laughs> All right, we'll do more news with David Zier. Sports with Slick. When you get back, right after this. January 2nd, 2024. Happy New Year, everybody. Hope you had a happy uh, New Year. And of course, we hope you have all have a happy and healthy 2024. Slick Rick's doing sports. David Zier's doing news. Rick Delgado's got the news. Let's go back to David Zier, host of Breaking Point. So he has a little more time here to get into the news. Mrs. Zier, what else is going on in your world? Well, we did a story on the Veebs Act, uh, the Veebs app this morning, uh, which is a uh, shopping guide uh, you can put in your values, liberal, conservative, climate, America first, LBGTQIA, and whether you're a veteran, it tells you where to shop and what their social credit score basically is. Um, so I signed up for Veebs, and right off the bat, I was upset because they asked me only if I was male or female, so I'm very offended. I have an appointment oh, tomorrow with my okay. purple-haired rainbow-pin therapist in my safe space tomorrow. Uh, but I enrolled in Veebs, and I identified as social justice, LBGTQIA+, and climate emergency as my top three values. So I went through my kitchen pantry with this app. You 
scan it on your phone uh, and and what you're shopping for, um, and to see if my shopping <laughs> habits met the bar as a non-binary, white privileged, Green New Deal liberal. And I scanned my food products through the VBAP and app, and lo and behold, uh, I was socially responsible because my Aunt Jemima is now the Pearl Milling Company Pancake Syrup Group, uh, which I have in my closet. It landed me with a 74% V score. <laughs> and who knew I t- did my part on climate change because I happened to have Campbell's Cream of Chicken Soup in there, wow. uh, which scanned in with a V score 74. And Campbell's is in the top five of the 10 most woke companies in the United States. It's not Bud Light. It's not Disney. It's these 10 companies that Veeb has identified. And apparently my Nature's Valley granola bars weren't crunchy enough, scoring only a 51 uh-huh. Uh-huh. on the social justice scale. And I was advised by the Veebs app to go and buy Kind Bars made by the Mars companies, who are number three in the top 10 wokest companies in the United States, scoring a whopping 78% on the self-hating white male scale. But ge- gentlemen, my wishbone salad dressing was a total failure. Uh, made by Conagra Foods, Slick Rick only scored a 43 on the Veeb chart for socially responsible products. And Veeb advised me to go buy Sir Kensington's salad dressing made by Unilever, the number one of the 10 most brokest, wokest, I broke his Freudian slip. Woke his brands in America. Uh, but I did well with the Hellman's mayonnaise. I scored a whopping 80% on the Veeb scale, which is also made by Unilever. But I would suggest they no longer use the name Hellman's mayonnaise. And now it should be called the Hell with Men mayonnaise. Um, and I can't wait for Unilever's new line of products coming out. They're eliminating the word normal from their product descriptions. And they want to end the perceptions of physical perfection. So I think their Dove Men's Care Shampoo should now become Dove's non-binary hair care guarantee to destroy your toxic <laughs> masculinity overnight. And then there's Elf Cosmetics, ranked number oh. two on the wokest corporations in America. So maybe they should announce products in the future like Zitgrow Acne Enhancement Cream because you too can have a face like a pepperoni-faced eighth grader from your yearbook photo because how dare you want to take care of yourself and improve your good looks, Damon. Um, that's what's going wow. on in my pantry. <laughs> if I got involved with that poll, I'd never cut the mustard, that's for sure. <laughs> but that's another story. I'm reading some of the, um, I'm looking at their app right now in the app store as you're doing this because I'd never heard of this. And um, I mean, here you go. I mean, shockingly, there's people who love, I love this idea, love what you're trying to do with this app. And then there's a couple that say, you know, this mm-hmm. is total garbage. Um, looks like an app that was created by a ninth grader, from what I can tell about the UI and the user experience. Well, but, I uh, should be able to use it fine. <laughs> Delgado, you should love it. Yeah, it's very progresso. I mean, progressive. <laughs> yeah, I never um, heard of that. Progresso, you, Delgado, you heard of that? I, uh, it, I no. No. Okay. <laughs> okay. Very good. Uh, no. All right, David. Say, what no. else is going on? Oh, there's, uh, there's so much going on there, uh, Damon, around. Um, I got quick clip here of Donald Trump, cut number seven, calling out Bill Clinton years ago for going to Epstein Island. Bill Clinton. Nice guy. Uh, got a lot of problems coming up, in my opinion, with the famous island with Jeffrey Epstein. A lot of problems. Uh- yeah. So, uh, and you know, it, 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 the, the Trump was on Epstein's plane seven times, but he yeah. didn't go to Epstein Island. And that was back in the 90s, from 93 to right. 99, I believe. I think it was 97. Uh, um, yeah, there was a range of time, mm-hmm. but there was no no, um, no evidence that he ever went to Epstein. And officially, I there's saw no the, evidence. Uh, I Clinton saw the Trump did, haters. But... Yeah, I saw the Trump haters out today. Yeah. Um, 
pointing out, oh, look at his name. There's Trump's name on the list. He's, he's, he's just as bad as all the other ones. And it's like, uh, well, it says he went from New York to Florida, Florida to New York. It doesn't say he went to. <laughs> yeah. And, you and know, a lot Trump... of times he had his family, his kids or yeah, his wife did. with him. And Trump also denounced his friendship with Epstein in the early 2000s because he thought he was, uh, you know, a uh, bad guy. Uh, he said, he said, I heard him interviewed years ago saying that, you know, he realized that Epstein was an unsavory guy, you know, and. Um, well, wasn't it because he, uh, I guess Epstein tried something with one of his employees at Mar-a-Lago? Yeah, back in like maybe 03. Yeah. It was uh, back in the early 2000s, maybe. And then so he had him banned from the club. Yeah. Uh, yeah, had right him thing. banned. You don't hear about that, though. Nope. So, uh, yeah. you know, that's what's going on out there. And um, I also have cut number six um, and what Biden has done in three years, according to Carrie Jean-Pierre. So, look, you know, I want to take a step back for just a moment as we look at 24 and we're in 24. But just a step back, you know, this president has done more in three years than any other president has done in two terms. And that is yeah, important damage. here, Audie. <laughs> what are you talking about? More damage than anybody. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Even worse than Carter. That's saying a lot. He's done more. Speaking of diversity than hires. Any president. Yep. She checks the boxes, D. Yep. Oh, yeah. my God. Unbelievable. That's so pathetic. I mean, but they, they you know, they lie to a level that they actually believes that, man. She thinks she's selling it to you, too, by the way. She absolutely thinks she's selling it. So, all right, very good. David's here. We'll do some more news. Look, let's do a little more sports. What's going on? All right, check on the scoreboard. Big D, we got NBA action. 76 is over the Bulls, 94 to 70. Minute to go there in the third. Grizzlies lead the Spurs 37-33, five to go in the second. Also in the second, both the next two, 59-34 Pel- Pelicans over the Nets and Celtics and Thunder tied at 41. Magic Warriors, Hornets, Kings coming up 10 p.m. Tip-offs. NHL on the ice in the garden. Hurricanes right now beating the Rangers 3-1 to and of two. Bruins over the Blue Jackets, two to one, also end of two. In the second as well, Capitals four to one over the Penguins. Blackhawks right now trail the Predators, one nothing, end of one. Canadians two to one over the Stars, end of one. Flames two nothing over the Wild, that's in the first, and Lightning over the Jets, one nothing as well. Avalanche and Islanders coming up 9 p.m. Puck drop. Got time for a quick one, Big D. Uh, well, some sad news in the sports world. Actually, I, I geeted and tweeted this out over the weekend. Cale Yarborough, three-time NASCAR champion in 70s, dies at 84 ESPN News Services. Cale Yarborough, considered one of NASCAR's all-time greatest drivers and the first to win three consecutive cup titles, died Sunday at the age of 84. Yarborough's crowning achievements, including four Daytona, 500 victories, and five Southern 500 wins at his home track of Darlington Raceway. His championships in 76, 77, and 78 made him the only driver to win three straight NASCAR titles until Jimmy Johnson's run for five in a row from 2006 to 2010. Yarborough and Johnson are tied on NASCAR's career wins list with eight. Kale Yarborough is one of the toughest competitors NASCAR has ever seen. NASCAR's chairman and CEO Jim France said in a statement, Johnson honored his childhood hero in a post on social media saying, the legacy of Kale Yarborough will forever live on. Uh, Yarborough competed in NASCAR's top series for more than four decades, making his debut in the 1957 Southern 500 and closing his career in Atlanta all the way in 1988. He was a star athlete in high school. He wanted to play semi-pro football for four seasons and was a Golden Gloves boxer for a period before before turning to racing. That comes in handy nowadays. He's now got guys are duking and out a lot on the racetrack. And uh, he's survived by his wife, Betty Joom, who we married in 1961, and daughters Julie, Kelly, and BJ, the great Cale Yarborough. Also passing today was ex-QB Frank Ryan, who led the Browns to the last NFL title. He died at 87, and that was back in 1964. Browns, one of four teams that have not played in a Super Bowl ever. 
That's a wrap in sports, Big Day. Back to you. All right, hour two coming up live from Studio 6B right after this. Live from Studio 6B, Tuesday, January 2nd, 2024. Rick's doing sports. David Zier's got some news. Rick Delgado's got the news as well. Lots to talk about in hour two. Glad you're in. Hope you had a great new year, everybody. 2024 is here. Lots to talk about. Busy, busy, obviously, 11 months leading up to the election. We're going to have a busy week on the show. We'll be covering... Um, Oh, everything that's going on in Iowa, uh, MTG will be speaking there. Eric Trump this week will be covering all of that. And um, David Zier, you're going to be in Iowa on Friday, isn't that correct? I will be there in Sioux Center on Friday. I'll be covering uh, Trump uh, Commit to Caucus. I will also be in Newton, Iowa the next day, um, which is, I think, a two, 1 or 2 p.m. start. Got to go two hour slates on uh, americasvoice.news. Um, and, uh, but we're all over Iowa, uh, Kaylin Dorr will be covering the first event in Sioux city. Um, I believe that's on the fourth and then he'll also be on the ground in Iowa on Saturday after I'll be covering the Newton rally. Um, he'll be there, uh, for the afternoon, um, you know, rally going there. And listen, there's a lot of stuff going on in Iowa. Trump will be there every day. Got Lee Zeldin going out there for Trump. I think nice. Roseanne Barr's going. Rav will be bringing you and taking the feeds of so many of the events going on. Uh, but it's hot and heavy there, I got to tell you. And there's so many dynamics, uh, Damon. Um, you know, uh, the super PACs that are backing Haley, along with the uh, Ashley Hinson, um, you know, is backing uh, Haley as well, who's one of the Republicans. Uh, Republican Congresswoman who was uh, vying for Trump before, uh, but she's behind Nikki Haley. And then you got Zach Nunn, another Republican Congressman Iowa going for DeSantis. And he's got uh, Vanderplot, Bob Plant Vanderplot on the evangelical side. And he's got Kim Reynolds, the governor. Um, there's a lot of dynamics, um, but Trump has this incredible ground game there. But other candidates have been there more. And Vivek Ramaswamy's been there twice as much as all of them combined. He suspended his TV ads the other day to concentrate more on the ground. Um, but, you know, if you go on Ballopedia, go look at all of the campaigns, Don Trump, um, Nikki Haley, uh, Ron DeSantis, and you'll see who's behind um, these campaigns. And it's very, very interesting uh, dynamic going on. And I'll be giving you all that information on uh, Friday from Sioux Center, Iowa. Uh, it's near the South Dakota border. 
uh, just north of Sioux City. And we'll be on the other side of the state on Saturday. Now, Vivek, I'm just looking for this as you're talking. Vivek tweeted something out today that he was expecting or he said, we're going to be picking up an endorsement in Iowa. I don't know if he's going to announce it tonight. He said something like we're picking up an endorsement that's going to make the MSM um, lose their minds or something like that. <laughs> Have you heard anything about that, uh, who that could be or what that could be? Uh, former Re Representative Steve King from Iowa. Oh, is that, okay, it's going to be Steve King? Um, that's supposedly uh, the word out there. Maybe there's someone else in the wings. That, uh, you know, he was, um, you know, he lost support in Congress uh, for his comments that they said were white supremacists and white nationalists. But listen, Steve King was a really sharp guy and uh, an America first guy before it was cool. <laughs> you know, but, um, you know, uh, I don't know. Um, where what Steve King has been doing as of late, but he still has a following. Okay, yeah, I'm just seeing it now. Former Congressman Steve King endorses Vivek Ramaswamy's presidential campaign. Quote, the strongest voice we have to defend our Constitution, King says in a video showed at Ramaswamy's double full Grassley rally in Bettendorf, Iowa tonight. So there you go. Yeah, I thought Steve King got a, a raw deal uh, back in the day. So, but uh, we'll see where that goes, because uh, he was commenting about, you know, um, you know, immigration policies and, and the such. So what's interesting about Iowa, David, and you can probably comment on this better than certainly me and maybe anybody else, is that um, the only reason I've continued to wonder about what Iowa is really going to look like come two weeks from yesterday is that you look at the polls in Iowa and and we're and the, the polls would have to lead you to believe if you believe them that DeSantis is polling exactly the same as he was before he got the endorsement of a very popular governor at least in that state and Bob Vanderplatz as you just talked about and we're supposed to believe he's polling exactly the same after those two endorsements number 1 do you think that's at all possible and um, what do you think that the margin is right now for Trump in Iowa? Well, most of the polling has showed, especially Des Moines Register, that like 47 to 51 percent of the evangelicals uh, support Donald Trump. Uh, but Bob Vanderplatz uh, is claiming that Northwest Iowan evang evangelicals um, like Trump, but want to change. Um, we'll see if there's any merit to that. Uh, but Trump's been hitting Western Iowa pretty hard uh northwestern iowa is a very conservative area he spent a lot of time in sioux city sioux falls um and uh, uh not sioux falls i'm sorry sioux falls is in south dakota just north of there but uh now he'll be in sioux center um again i think it's trump to lose um but you know uh i think that candidates will gain ground and who knows what's going to happen with the christie campaign i think that'll more benefit haley if he decided to drop out prior to new hampshire could be the plan, um, but nobody really knows yet. All right, very good. Um, <clears throat> you would think if Trump if Trump wins going away, obviously you would think that at that point um, it's pretty much over at that point. 
Or does New Hampshire no, still matter? You know, uh, well, I think it all matters. Um, again, Trump's up 49 to 55 to 62, 67 in one poll uh, percent of the support for the Republican GOP nomination. But you got to look how they're framing this up. So Nuna's got a lot of damage to Trump in New Hampshire. And then you go into Nevada where they got this like fake primary on February 6th. Nikki Hell is the only one on the ballot. They're going to have her. And then the caucus is the only thing that really counts out there. But the media is going to frame it up. And all the other candidates are on that Nevada uh, caucus ballot on February 6th. And only the delegates from that get sent to the Republican National Convention. Um, But in a nutshell, they're going to be like, oh, Nikki Haley's emerging. Look how well she did in New Hampshire. And look how good she did in Nevada. And uh, because they don't want her to get slaughtered in South Carolina. Um, listen, there's still a long way to go, but you, by Super Tuesday, you're going to have about half of the uh, electoral votes locked up. So, uh, you know, um, so we'll, we'll see. We'll see. There's a lot to, there's a lot going on. Speaking of, um, speaking of votes and obviously getting towards the conventions and things like that, Delgado, did you happen to see, I think I tagged you, Slick Rick and David Zier in this. Did you happen to see Glenn Beck? today on his very fine radio program. No, I did not. No. What did he have to say? Mm. I'll quote him. My 2024 election prediction, Democrats will utilize their super delegate process to remove Biden from the general ballot. And who would they put in his place? Well, Michelle Obama, of course. Boom. <laughs> I've been saying this for months. Welcome what do you to think about party, that? Glenn. Yeah, <laughs> been saying that for months. Yes, they're going to use the super. They're going to gift the. They tell the Democrats tell their voters who they're voting for. They did it in 2016 when they didn't let Bernie Sanders uh, rival uh, Hillary Clinton. They they couldn't have it. Uh, they did it again in 2020, and they'll do it again in 2024. This is the way they work. This is the way they always work. They don't. T- you don't get a choice. It's the illusion. Like like uh, George Carlin said, it's an illusion of choice. You don't really have a choice. This is who they've chosen. Now you just have to vote for them. And whether you vote for them or not doesn't matter because they'll just add the ballots that they need to get what the result that they want. That's how they play the game. Um, you know, so it's simple as that. Kicking back to, um, you know, back to Iowa and these endorsements, endorsements don't mean anything. I don't think they move the needle at all for some of these people. You know, it's like, oh, the endorsement from the governor. Who's the governor of Iowa? Most people don't know and don't really care. I know inside the state it might make a little difference, but I think most people have already decided this is who I'm voting for anyway. So you can you can you know endorse them all you want, but I still like this guy or I still like this lady. Yeah, you know, it, it, I think it's I think it's uh, one of those unless it's somebody who's brand yeah, new. I disagree with you in Iowa. I it, disagree with you in Iowa, especially on okay. those two individuals. That's fine. But I mean, in terms of, you know, most people have made their decision. They know who they like already. Um, You know, unless it's somebody, unless you've got two people who not many people are familiar with and they need that endorsement to kind of get them over the top. The only person I've, I've seen lately who can do that is Trump. Even Obama, his endorsements don't really work out too well. Trump has been really working um, the ground game more effectively than the others. Um, but Haley and DeSantis and Vivek have all spent more time in Iowa than Trump. But Trump's got this 10 for Trump program. The captains are given a list of 25 
uh, Trump supporters, and they have to make certain that 10 of them become first-time caucus goers. He's got this incredible operation on the ground, um, and he's got a great uh, you know, campaign staff um, out there in Iowa, and he's got firebrands uh, like um, Bobby Kaufman, who's just awesome. He's a senator, state Senate house member from the 84th, I think, district out there. Uh, he's got some great people, but all the candidates have support from a vast array of, uh, you know, Congress people. Um, you know, Trump doesn't have the uh, congressman behind him uh, Congress and congresswomen in Iowa behind him right now. He did. Um, but there has been a shift. Uh, but I, you know, that's why Trump's leading by 25, 35. He's not leading by 50 in Iowa, like the other states. Um, I think they'll do better than people think the other candidates, but again, Trump's probably double digits. I think it's probably single digits if you ask me, but I guess we'll see. We're going to see in two weeks, we're going to see who's even close to right on all of this because, um, I don't know. I think Iowa voters are pretty conservative. I think some of the abortion talk, I think some of the, the switching of position on the um, on the abortion thing, I think that stuff could come into play, but we'll we'll see. We'll see. Yeah. Well, now, let me ask you guys David, here. Go ahead. Yeah. Yeah, because I know you were talking about the Glenn Beck thing. Um, uh, uh, and again, my, my theory is they're going to. Uh, they they need Biden out. They know he's he's damaged goods. They can't have his son go to trial. They can't have any of this stuff because it's screwing them up. Um, I think what's going to happen, and we've talked about this before. I think they're gonna they're gonna give him an out. They're gonna say, you know what, you're gonna have an episode. There's some, something's gonna happen. You're not gonna be able to continue on. Um, you're gonna bow out gracefully. Uh, you'll continue on with the with the with the uh, campaign. You, you're the only one on the Florida ballot, so of course you won that one. You're getting all those delegates. Yeah. I think that's what's going to happen. I, they're going to have him, they're going to have him bow bow out gracefully. They're going to say Kamala's going to you know stand, uh, hold hold the standard. Um, but then they're going to get the convention. And they're going to sit. They're going to sweep her out. They're going to be like she's yeah. not good enough. We I'm need to get uh, I'm else. convinced yeah. that something like that's going to happen. Yeah. And uh, you know I had Joel Gilbert uh, on my show back in April and May of last year. Um, that's where the talk has been heading. So for yeah, Michelle conspiracies, Obama, right? Yep. Batting a thousand. We've heard that one. Well, you guys, you guys have definitely <laughs> been on this train and you're still on it. I'm not, yep. I'm not on it still. I think it's his, I think it's him all the way, but, um, well, we're, again, well, well, this is, this is why 2024 yeah. is here. We're going to find, we're going to cash all these tickets. And especially how good he looked on New Year's Eve. I think you're right. Yeah. Now, well, that was my question out. to you. How do how do we distinguish between you're going to have an episode and just any other normal day? Well, you know, there's an organization that still backs Obamacare, gun control, and extreme transgender policies that endanger our kids. They claim to be bipartisan, but last year, 95% of their donations went to Democrats. That's right. AARP does not represent the values of American seniors. 
Fortunately, there is a conservative alternative, AMAC, the Association of Mature American Citizens, proudly champions Americans' right to free speech, religious liberty, and the Second Amendment. AMAC defends parents' rights to protect their children and is fighting to restore America's election integrity. With more than 2 million members nationwide, AMAC is pro-faith, pro-family, and pro-freedom. And I encourage you to look them up and join. Become a member today. Send AARP a strong message that they don't represent conservative seniors. Join AMAC today at amac.us forward slash studio 6B. amac.us forward slash studio 6B. That's A-M-A-C, amac.us slash studio 6B. Well, let me talk to you about our friends over at Birch Gold as we head towards a presidential election this November. One thing you can be sure of, 2024 will be a tumultuous year. How is your hard-earned savings going to fare? Well, by the looks of the uh, debt and spending numbers, not too well. You already see the impacts of inflation at the pump, the grocery store. The dollar continues to lose buying power quicker than wages can increase. How are you going to protect your savings this year? Well, you might want to consider diversifying with gold from Birch Gold Group. For decades, gold has been the choice of investors and central banks to hedge against inflation. Now you can own it in a tax-sheltered IRA with the help of Birch Gold. Just text America to 989898, and Birch Gold will send you a free information kit on gold. They'll help you convert an existing IRA or 401k into an IRA in gold. And the best part is you don't have to pay a penny out of pocket. They have an A-plus rating with the Better Business Bureau, thousands of satisfied customers. You can trust Birch Gold. Just text America to 989898 to claim your free information kit, the Birch Gold 2024 Info Kit. Get it right now. Text America to 989898 and claim it today. All right, 19 past the hour live from Studio 6B. Let's do some sports. Sports is brought to you by Mike Lindell and MyPillow. Use our code LFS6B when you shop at MyPillow. Great stuff from Mike Lindell. And, of course, we're going to do a new shirt of the month. We'll announce it tomorrow night. Anybody that uses our code during the month of January will get the shirt of the month absolutely free as a bonus for using our code. We'll do this every single month leading up to the election. Uh, Slick Rick, what's going on? All right, well, big bowl games last night, and I don't know if anybody caught this one, but ESPN apologizes for showing video of woman flashing breasts during Sugar Bowl broadcast. This is an AP report out of New Orleans. ESPN apologized Monday night for a video clip of a woman bearing her breast that was shown during the broadcast of the Sugar Bowl in New Orleans. It was aired coming out of a commercial during the second half of Washington's 37-31 victory over Texas in a semifinal game of the college football playoff. A clip of people wandering on birth. Urban Street in New Orleans showed a woman pulling down her top to expose her breast. We regret that this happened and apologize that the video aired in the telecast, ESPN's Bill Hofheimer said in a statement to the AP. So, uh, very interesting. But, you know, running a camera down Bourbon Street at night has to be a booby <laughs> trap for any cameraman, pun intended. So, 
Not <laughs> only at night, e- in the morning, in the afternoon, maybe you're, maybe you're walking into a coffee place, uh, wherever you go. Reminds me of the old, the controversial Janet Jackson, right? With, yeah. Back in the day, right? With yeah, the, Justin uh, Timberlake, Nipplegate. War- wardrobe malfunction. Yeah. Yep. Remember that? Yeah, wardrobe malfunction. Well, apparently they had one last night, too. So uh, They called it Nipplegate. Yeah, well, what do you expect? Nothing nothing good happens after midnight in, on Bourbon Street, in some <laughs> opinion. I happen to enjoy that, but I'm, I love going down there. Good old Bourbon Street, Big D. We ever go down there, boy, it's going to be over. Oh, well, my God. That, Never He's going to lose his shirt so quickly, he won't even. <laughs> I don't know. I'll be busted. And that's a wrap. <laughs> no. <laughs> one more quick one, if I, you don't mind. Uh, calls uh, calls to Ohio gambling helpline triple amid sports betting craze. Warner Todd Houston of Breitbart. Calls to Ohio's gambling helpline have tripled as state lawmakers embrace the sports betting craze. And the calls are remaining steady as more citizens fall into addiction. The Buckeye State is only one of the many states that are wildly expanding sports gambling. Unfortunately, many citizens are paying the price. In January of 2022, officials recorded only 456 calls to the state's gambling addiction hotline. But by January of 2023, that number soared to nearly 1,400, according to KTR-TV. I think this year it might be 14,000, but this is January of 2024. With the expansion of gambling, Ohio bettors now have 24-7 access to legal betting from the comforts of their own home or their home or their phone, wherever they go. This universal access, though, has proved Proven too much of a temptation for many who have fallen into addiction, and their number is increasing. Uh, and the Longmire, uh, Longmire uh, uh, Derek Longmire, a problem gambling network, PGNO, they already have an acronym for this, says the numbers are troubling. Uh, Longmire also fears that sports betting is becoming a problem for teens. The Ohio legislature began to expand sports betting back in 2021 with lawmakers salivating over the tax revenue they expected to win as a result of the expansion. According to WLW. TV, the Buckeye State reaped a 700 million windfall in new tax revenue in 2023. Of course, it has. If you or anyone uh, in Ohio suffering from gambling, don't bet on the Cleveland Browns because they're not going to go all the way. And anyway, Big T, that's a wrap <laughs> in sports. Back to you. Unbelievable gambling. It's taking yeah, over. Yeah, I mean, uh, you know, it's it's kind of not surprising though. I mean, that's why, and especially the part when you said about the kids. I mean, yep. you know, you just have to be. Um, you just got to be responsible. You got to be on top of it. You got to tell them what it is. You got to just uh, listen. Gambling is for rich people to lose their money, right? I mean, that's I mean, that's really what that's really what it was designed for to have entertainment, you know. But if you're if you're if you're if you're gambling your rent money or you're betting your whatever mortgage money on stuff, I mean, it's just bad. It just gets gets to be bad news really really quickly. The house always wins, Big D. Yep. You know that they didn't build Vegas on losers. That's a yep. wrap. All right, Slick Rick, very good. Um, so before we do the news, Delgado, did you did you catch Dave Chappelle's new opening to his new special yet? Uh, I, I've seen it all. I just haven't had a chance to watch it. I just keep seeing posts for it, but uh, it's supposed to be killer. It, it is so killer, not only because of the truth behind it, but the setup, the, um, the homage to Norm MacDonald that he does in the setup to mm-hmm. it, the way he sets the whole story up and then delivers the line at the, the really the punchline at the end is just like otherworldly comedic brilliance. <laughs> it is so good. I, I thought you were going to play it. it for a second. The way you were, uh, the way you were setting this. Well, up. no, yeah. I can't. I, I can't. I can't play it because he uses the N word a couple times in oh. it. Oh, nuclear! Um, yeah, I know. When yeah, just referring, 
when just referring to, you know, to he just instead of saying this guy, he says that. And uh, I don't I don't know. I, I you know, I you know, I guess he can. So it's it's just <laughs> so it just doesn't allow me to play it. But um it is so funny and so good. Didn't and he just um he is not backing down. Not that I would ever have thought he would have, right. knowing him. From from um you know, just calling out the just lunacy of it. You mean the trans the whole trans thing? Yeah. Because that seems to be where he's getting the attack from. Between him and uh I want to say Ricky Gervais also has a brand new special on Netflix. Um and you know, from what I understand, it's the same thing. You know, they're not giving them a lot of promotion because they don't like what they're talking about. But that's what comedy is. It's a reflection of yeah. society. If you don't like if, if if it's in the news or if it's something that you feel uncomfortable, that means they're on the right path. That's what comedy is about. If didn't you're just going to sit there waiting for a knock-knock joke, you're in the wrong didn't place. Didn't Chappelle walk off the stage the other night in the middle of a performance? <clears throat> somebody, he was mad. Somebody had a camera out and he left. Oh, I don't know. Yeah. I don't, I don't, I don't know that, but it's I'll tell you what. The opening of that special is pretty good. Our right, live from Studio Six B News with Delgado and Zier coming up. Studio 6B on a Tuesday. Good to be back. Lots to do in 2024. Let's do an LOL of the day to get kick off the year here. I should have probably done this when Delgado did the news, but we didn't have a lot of time there. But Harvard uh, Dr. Gay uh, resigned. And well, leave it to CNN to um, come up with a way to, well, frame this in only a way that, well, they could. LOL of the day, Aaron. Roll it. These plagiarism allegations uh, where Claudine Gay has had to issue corrections, um, multiple corrections. Now, we should note that um, Claudine Gay has not been accused of stealing anyone's ideas in any of her writings. Uh, she's been accused of sort of a, more like a copying uh, other people's writings without attribution. So it's been more sloppy attribution than stealing anyone's ideas. But <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, that could be a way you could frame it. Sure. She was just what? sloppy, Damon. <laughs> he didn't steal the car. Right. He just got in this other guy's car and drove away. <laughs> well, he, was slop he was sloppy in, in getting into his car. Mm. He ended up in the other guy's car. <laughs> He's just sloppy. He really, you know, somehow he figured She's not out accused that of stealing. She's just accused of taking someone else's stuff. Oh, right. okay. <laughs> That's, Got it. that's always a way to look at it. 
Very good. All right, let's do some news. And here with that, it's Rick Delgado. What's going on, pal? All right. Well, the news you've been waiting for, Damon, I know is uh, now upon us. <laughs> as uh, There we go. <laughs> there we go. It's the I did not kill myself edition of the news. Oh. Yes. Oh, oh, we've got graphics yeah, we got now. Graphics, and everything. <laughs> graphics for 2024. By, Beautiful. By Mars bars. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> the story, of course, was uh, leaked before yeah. the new year. And as, uh, uh, well, let's face it, it's starting to pick up steam as Bill Clinton oh. uh, is going is is officially been named as going to be unmasked as doe number 36 and identified more than 50 that's that five zero 50 that times uh, in the I jeffrey epstein document relationships that woman there. i did not <laughs> fly on that plane he did, did not get a massage from that 14 year old i know um bill clinton former president bill clinton is going to be identified as i said as john doe number 36 in a trove of court documents related to the late pedophile jeffrey epstein which is expected to be released this week according to a report clinton now 77 is mentioned more than, like I said, 50 times in the redacted documents related to a 2015 lawsuit. So it's taken eight years, uh, almost nine now, for this uh, information to come out. A 2015 lawsuit from Epstein accuser Virginia Guffrey, according to ABC News. Many of the references to Clinton are believed to stem from Guffrey's attempts to compel the former president to testify against the late sex offender and his former paramour and co-conspirator, Ghislaine Maxwell. Other Clinton mentions are expected to be related to attempts from both Maxwell and Guffrey to make Epstein come clean in 2016 after he reportedly invoked his Fifth Amendment rights during a deposition. The documents are not expected to implicate Clinton in any illegal activity, according to ABC. Uh, We'll just leave that for the more documents that will be coming soon afterwards. The names of more than 170 people known as John or Jane Doe previously um, mentioned with ties to Epstein are expected to be revealed in the documents after Manhattan federal judge Loretta Preska ruled just before Christmas that they would be unsealed in the new year because the new year's holiday of, uh, because of the new year's holiday documents are expected to be released beginning today, January the 2nd. So there you have it. Uh, names are going to be released. And we talked about this before we went on break, that most of these names are going to be associates, not people that were actually, um, want to say, implicated in illegal activity, but a lot of them were people that were, you know, peripheral people that were working, you know, uh, maybe airport people and stuff like that. So people that don't mind having their names out there because they know they were not guilty of anything, those are going to be most of the people you'll see that'll have their names released. There's stories that, um, you know, Bill Clinton had a long-time affair with Ghislaine Maxwell. Yeah, there's stuff like that as well. Now, another story related to this is Jeffrey Epstein's former Mossad scheduler, Sarah Kellen, is quietly awaiting the release of the sealed documents, according to this report. Mm. Um, It says here, the... Epstein, former assistant, is uh, uh, quietly awaiting the upcoming dump of sealed documents that threaten to further pull back the curtain of his sexual trafficking operation. Uh, Sarah Kellen, 44, worked for Epstein for several years, starting in the early 2000s, scheduling his massages where he sexually abused his victims. But she and her husband live almost completely out of the public eye, including reportedly uh, at a luxury Miami Beach condo, even after Epstein died in jail in 2018 and his partner in crime, Glenn Maxwell, was convicted and sentenced to 20 years in federal prison. They basically enjoyed a life of anonymity and privacy and freedom for many years, a source close to Kellen and her husband, former NASCAR driver Brian Vickers. 
is that name ring a bell to anybody? I remember that guy. Uh, they don't want any changes, so the pattern of their life and in, in which they live, and they've been very careful, almost to the point of paranoid, uh, but not without a purpose. So look for that to also be uh, coming out. Um, again, Sarah Kellen, the former scheduler for Jeffrey Epstein's um, massages. Uh, another story related to this. This just keeps unfolding, Damon. You want another one? Am I got not? it for you. Yeah, did you hear the Jimmy Kimmel story? That's my oh, next story. My God. Jimmy Ki- Kimmel threatens no, to take Aaron Rodgers to court after the NFL player links him to Jeffrey Epstein. Now, he was on the, uh, where was he? He was on the Pat McAfee show uh, as a New York Jets quarterback said there are a lot of people, including Jimmy Kimmel, who are really hoping that list doesn't come out. I'll tell you what, if that list comes out, I'll definitely will be popping some sort of bottle. Nearly 200 names, of course, expected to be um, released. Now, following the comments, uh, Jimmy Kimmel took to X, because that's where you do all your uh, legal wrangling. He says, Dear A-hole, for the record, I've not met with, flown with, visited, or had any contact whatsoever with Epstein, nor will you find my name on any list, other than the clearly phony nonsense of the soft brain wackos like yourself, who can't seem to distinguish from reality. Your reckless words put your family in danger. Keep it up, and we will debate the facts further in court. So that's a threat coming from... Uh, Jimmy Kimmel, the host of the Jimmy, Jimmy Kimmel, Kimmel show that no one watches. Yeah. Yeah. It's full and fast. And do you want All one right. more? Well- yeah, absolutely. Oh, come on, <laughs> because it's it's the gift that keeps on. It gives all year long, Damon. Uh, what happened to Jeffrey Epstein's private island known as Little St. James? Well, get ready because you could go there soon. Yeah. According to this, the new owners of the late financier's playground of perversion in the U.S. Virgin Islands, formerly known as Pedophile Island, are working to transform it into a glitzy new resort. Billionaire Stephen Deckoff paid $60 million for the islands, with a smaller of the two hosting uh, Epstein's former estate. According to reports, the co-founder of the Black Diamond Capital Management Group hopes to inaugurate a new attraction sometime in 2025. The islands were initially listed for $125 million in 2021, but of course he got them on the cheap. Uh, they failed to land a buyer, slash the price, and what do you know? They've got, a, uh, they've got a new place that they hope to turn into a glitzy resort, uh, minus all the child trafficking. So we'll see what happens with that, but much of the problem I mean, in I've Little St. James. I feel, like, I feel like you should be there for the opening of I that. I feel like just I because, should be there too. Yeah. Like, I feel like you should broadcast... <laughs> The perfect bow on the top of this never ending story with you on the show with this would be for you to be for you to be there. Yeah. He, could be be the there. Peep, he could be the peep on the street. I, I, could, I could be working the 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 velvet rope line and looking for Paul Pelosi because he'll probably be in attendance. Yeah. Two things yeah. I vow never to give in to. Yeah, I think that'd be a great a great ending. So, all right, very good. Um, we'll do some more news before we wrap it up. Let's do some news now with David Zier, the host of Breaking Point, 8 a.m. right here on Real America's Voice. Mr. Zier, what's going on? Uh, ABC News does an exclusive interview with three of professional young women who served under Trump, uh, who all praised Trump uh, in the past uh, before turning on him in the J6 uh, committees. Uh, let's go to cut number three. Fundamentally, a second Trump term could mean the end of American democracy as we know it. And I I don't say that lightly. We all witnessed him trying to steal a Democratic election before and going to historic and unconstitutional lengths to do so. Um, And and that just shows that he's willing to basically break every barrier to get into power and to stay into power. But also, um, 
I'm very concerned what, about what the term would actually look like. We don't need to speculate what a second Trump uh, term would look like because we already saw it play out. To this day, he still doubles down on the fact that he thinks that the election was stolen and fraudulent. And then his rhetoric has just gotten increasingly erratic. Like I mean, what? he has literally called for things like doing away with parts of the Constitution, wanting Actually, to weaponize no. the oh DOJ God. to enact revenge on his political enemies. I don't think I can take more of this clip. The fact that he feels that he needs to lean into being a dictator alone shows that he is a weak and feeble man yeah. who has no sense Who's of this? character and integrity Cassidy and Hutchinson. has no sense That's of That's Cassidy leadership. Hutchinson. That's Cassidy Hutchinson? Oh. Yeah. Yeah, so, you know, what's interesting is Every one of them have heaped praise on Trump. Alyssa Farah begged Trump for a job, um, and uh, she was heaping praise on Trump and his employment of women, and that never Trumpers were always out to defeat him. And it was an honor of a lifetime serving under Trump. Trump shot back on True Social all week, and he had some great posts uh, of where these three women were praising him. And uh, we know Cassidy Hutchinson was caught in so many lies, at least 11 lies and 15 pages of her testimony for the J6 committee. She got to revamp in secret um, and everyone praised her for his book. But, you know, she's infamously noted for saying that Trump grabbed the wheel of the beast on J6. Oh, yeah. The only problem is Trump wasn't in the beast on J6. Um, and, uh, you know, she's been lying this whole time. And Sarah Matthews was his deputy press secretary, um, and Alyssa Farah, right? Is she hosting The View now, I think? Um, so, you know, um, there's a lot of, uh, you know, BS involved with these uh, three women. You know, they go from, you know, I love Trump, and it was such an honor to serve with him, to he's the arch enemy of mankind. They ruin their credibility right out of the gate. So, okay. What else, David? Um, there's a lot going on here. Uh, we killed a Hamas deputy commander today in Lebanon. And, you know, Hezbollah is typically in Lebanon because that's the uh, Shiite-backed forces. And Hamas, since 1987, in their charter calling for the obliteration of Israel, is a Sunni Muslim organization. But it goes to show you that Hezbollah and Hamas, is uh, they're serving together uh, in the fight to destroy Israel. And Israel is now fighting a seven-front war. Iran, Iraq, Yemen, uh, you know, uh, the West Bank, Gaza. Lebanon, um, you know, they're, they're really um, under assault from all counts. And I was watching uh, Cenk from the Young Turks, um, and yep. th these people are all unhinged. <laughs> they are. <laughs> they're, they're, they're all, you know, uh, they're, they're completely unhinged. They just spout lies all day, you know. It's one channel up from Real America's Voice right. on Samsung TV. Uh, completely unwatchable. Um, saying that, you know, Israel's dragging all these countries into World War Three, And it's like, no, they've been under assault since 1947 from Syria and Jordan and Egypt and, you know, all these fronts for 80 years. Um, a lot of misinformation out there, that's for sure. Did you, hear, did you hear Bill Maher over the weekend on Israel? No, no. You, you should you should listen to it. I mean, and once again, a, a voice of um, sanity and some reason on sometimes. the left, Bill Maher. Yeah, sometimes talking about yeah. we need more Israels in the that region since it's the only one that stands for all the things we supposedly believe in. He says, I'm paraphrasing, but that's essentially what he said. All right, more sports and news. We'll wrap it up when we get back on a Tuesday live from Studio Six B.
13th of the hour live from Studio 6B. So we were discussing in the commercial break, uh, and David, maybe you want to go over them because you, you've got a pretty good handle on them. Some of the things coming up in Iowa, there's a couple new debates coming up. Looks like Trump's going back to Fox. Everybody hates Fox. Now everybody loves Fox. Uh, Fox is against Trump. Now Fox is for Trump. Uh, what, what's going on? Well, you know, Rupert Murdoch doesn't like Fox and and Fox is like 65, 35 anti-Trump, but it's a lot of hosts who are big allies of Trump, you know, and Hannity. Uh, there'll be a town hall. I don't know if Hannity's doing it or not. Uh, in no, Iowa. it's Brett Baer and Martha. It's Brett Baer, right? Yeah. And uh, but there's another debate coming up in Iowa um, on January uh, 10th, right before the uh, caucus. And, uh, you know, Trump won't be there. Um, and there's another debate coming up on the 21st in Iowa. Um, where Trump probably won't be there in New Hampshire. Um, but it's been really interesting. Uh, you know, the rally that I'm covering in Sioux Center on um, Friday um, was moved to a new venue because Dort University pulled the plug on Trump, even though they hosted Vivek, they hosted DeSantis, they hosted Healy. Haley, uh, the, the uh, president of Dort is a big anti-Trumper. He said uh, the events were, you know, incongruent. Uh, the college was incongruent with Trump, and uh, they had to sc scramble and get a new venue. Um, that's what Trump faces in a lot of places. Um, but um, I think the people of Iowa see through that. Um, and I don't think him not going to the debate in Iowa hurts Trump that much. Uh, may hurt him more in New Hampshire. You know, again, they got 40 percent independents coming out, and uh, a lot of them have crossed over and declared affiliations to vote against Trump in the primary up there. Uh, and that's a Chris Christie doing and uh, Chris Sununu cabal. Um, but I just wanted to bring up that there are two debates coming up um, before both the caucus and the primary. Yeah. All right, very good. And we're going to be covering as much stuff as we can. Obviously, we'll cover a bunch of stuff this week. Um, let's do a little more sports news before we wrap it up. We'll start with sports. Sports is brought to you by Mike Lindell and my pillow. Slick Rick, what's going on? All right, one more quick sweep of the scoreboard. Big D NBA, just a couple of games. 76 is 110, 97 over the Bulls. That just went final. The Thunder lead the Celtics 98 86, starting the fourth. Pelicans took down the Knicks 99 66, and that's in the third. Uh, NHL action. Well, the Rangers got clobbered in the garden tonight by the Hurricanes 6 to 1. They were lost. The Bruins over the Blue Jackets 4 to 1, also final. Panthers lead the Coyotes 1-0. Islanders over the Avalanche 2-1, end of 1. And the Canadians lead the Stars 3-1, end of 2. A uh, couple of quick stories, Big D. Uh, speaking of NHL, Kraken goalie Joey Decord records first shutout in Winter Classic history. This is Eric Smithling of Yardbarker. Seattle Kraken goalie Joey Decord started 2024... Uh, the right way. In a 3 nothing win over the defending Stanley Cup champion Golden Knights, DeCore became the first goalie to record a shutout in the Winter Classic. Winter Classic obviously played on the first of the year, so good win there for the Kraken, and they look good with the win over Las Vegas. The Kraken, 15-14-9, have won five in a row and are 7-0-2 in their last eight games. So moving on. And one more quick story I wanted to get to, Big D. You hear about this owner of the Carolina Panthers got in a little bit of trouble. NFL finds Panthers owner David, David Tepper, Tepper $300,000 for throwing drink at fans. Boy, that's one expensive happy hour, Big D. Dylan Gwynn of Breitbart. As it turns out, throwing drinks at paying customers is frowned upon. Panthers owner David Tapper made headlines last weekend when he threw a drink at a fan during the Jacksonville Jaguars 26-0 demolition of Tepper's Panthers. Many speculated the league would have to penalize Tepper less people believe the league was okay with their owners throwing things at paying fans. On Tuesday, the league acted and punished Tepper by fining him 
300000 for his display. All NFL personnel are expected to conduct themselves at all times in ways that respect our fans and favorably reflect on their team and the NFL, the NFL said in a statement. Though he didn't explicitly apologize for his behavior, Tepper released a statement announcing his regret over his behavior. I am deeply passionate about the team and regret my behavior on Sunday, Tepper said. I should have let NFL Stadium Security handle any issues that arose. I respect the NFL's code of conduct and accept the league's discipline for the for my behavior. His team is two and fourteen. He's having a rough year, but you don't throw drinks from your uh, you know your your box there on a fan, regardless of what they say. You know, big day. I mean, can you imagine if I owned a team? Anyway, <laughs> <laughs> I think he needs to temper his uh, anger a little bit there, big D. And that's a wrap in sports yeah. right there. <laughs> I think you're right. Hey, what'd you think about Jimmy Johnson going into the ring of honor there? I'll tell you, I had a tear in my eye when he said, and for all you Cowboy fans and all you Cowboy haters, how about them Cowboys? I thought he was fantastic. Full of energy, full of life. If, they, if he would have been their coach and stayed with them, they probably would have won about four or five in a row. Big D, he was that good of a coach, made that kind of difference. Those guys would have walked through a wall for him. So I thought it was well overdue. Finally getting in the ring of honor, probably 25 years too late, but I'm glad the man's alive and got to do it. When's uh when's Barry Switzer going in? <laughs> <laughs> Never. <laughs> All right, Slick. Uh, let's do uh, let's do some more news before we wrap it up. And here with that's Rick Delgado. What's going on? All right. Well, I don't know if you heard about this story, but uh, one Texas county is now fighting monkeys. Monkeys, minkies, 43,000 of them, believe it or not. Texans bought land in Brazoria County looking for solitude. Then they heard about the monkeys. Uh, last year, a $12 billion biomedical research firm quietly bought more than 500 acres of land in the sleepy corner of the county and shared a plan to house up to 43,000 monkeys on the property. Now the neighbors have found out and they want them out. How much racket does 43,000 monkeys make, said Ask Jason Robert, a shrimper who owns about 1,100 acres near the plot. I'm sure they're not going to be quiet. I thought this would be a place to get away from everything. Instead, we get monkeys, said John Stern, a retired veterinarian who built a retreat on about 900 acres for his family. These people got a lot of land. Now a monkey farm is my neighbor. Uh, Charles River Laboratories is a new neighbor housing nearly 19,000 monkeys in half a dozen states in the fiscal year of 2022, according to the U.S. Department of Agriculture and they're based in Wilmington, Massachusetts. They sell animals for research and are under contract to universities, biotech firms, and pharma companies to run tests on animals in their facilities. So there you have it. Uh, Monkeys coming to uh, Texas near you. Sounds like a fun time. Uh, One more story and an update on our favorite New Jersey senator who stuffs uh, cash and gold bars in his pockets. Uh, Senator Menendez is now facing more allegations of accepting bribes from Qatar. This coming from just the news. Uh, New Jersey Democrat Senator Bob Menendez is facing additional allegations in a superseding indictment unveiled earlier today, claiming he accepted a litany of gifts in exchange for making, making public statements in support of Qatar. Uh, yeah, even public statements as a uh, an elected official constitute uh, things that can get you in trouble. In October, he pleaded not guilty, acting as a foreign agent uh, to the Egyptian government, and uh, in the prior month, pleaded not guilty to bribery and fraud charges, though he insisted he resisted calls to resign. He did step down as a chairman of the Senate Foreign Relations Committee, 
pursuant to a party conference rules. The uh, new indictment, which CNN obtained, alleges a years-long bribery scheme in which Menendez and his wife, she's involved uh, again, accepted luxurious gifts, including watches and tickets to a Formula One event. Uh, all, of course, you know, just because he's a good guy. No, nothing to see here, Damon. Just, just we just wanted to give you and your wife maybe a, a new Mercedes, some cash, some gold bars. Oh, here's some tickets and uh, enjoy yourself. D- don't do anything for us, of course. We're not looking for anything in return. That's just the way they are. So there you have it. More from Bob Menendez. Of course, he's pleading. I'm sure the team. Democrats are on the move to um to get rid of him, right? Kind of oh, like yeah. the Republicans did. Yeah, yeah. They're gonna give. Oh him no, the, they uh, don't want to. Re- they don't want to reduce their. They don't want to reduce their numbers, so they. No. No, I don't think so. Did you see uh, Santos with the fake break in on his car no. the other day? He filed a fake <laughs> police complaint saying his window was broken, but ABC News showed up four hours later. Uh, he said $180 in gifts was stolen from his car, but this video four hours later of his car intact being sold back to Carvana on a tow truck uh, totally staged the story. Um, pretty despicable. <laughs> wow. I witnessed you think there was any gifts for you, David, in the he's car? A, he's a gift that keeps on giving all year I long. Maybe, so. maybe he got you a nice tie, David. <laughs> <laughs> and that's it. That's all we got. <laughs> all right, as always, we salute our military active and active police, firefighters, first responders, EMTs, everybody on the front lines protecting us. Happy 2024, everybody. Thanks to everybody on the show. Thanks to Aaron. Thanks to Fran. Most of all, thank you, live from Studio 6B audience. We'll see you tomorrow night, 8 p.m. right here, live from Studio 6B.